Got it? And uh, I want to read this passage to you. The first verse, 16, is, uh, of course, well known. This is a response. These verses Jesus spoke after he'd spent some time with a a gentleman called um, Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee. Uh, and it, uh, he's one of the only Pharisees in the Bible that seems to have um, uh, turned his life around um, from a very legalistic kind of opinion to a very much a grace. Uh, he embraced the love of God in his heart. So let's read this, John 3, 16 uh, through to 21. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave... Uh, his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. And everyone who does, not, sorry, who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Uh, if I was just to look at focus, it's a great passage, but if I was just to give a bit of focus tonight and attention to the particular verse 16... A verse that probably is one of the most well-renowned and known verses in all of the world. It fascinates me where this verse pops up. Um, in Britain, I want to show you a picture. There's a, a, a monument called Cleopatra's Needle. I don't know, has anybody ever been to London and seen this? Uh, we'll just put it up there, thanks, EJ. That'd be great. There it is. Um, it's on the banks of the Thames River, but there's an incredible history to this. It's over three and a half, 3,500 years old, this particular monument. Um, it, was, um, it was given as a gift to an Egyptian pharaoh way back, you know, over three and a half thousand years ago. And, and then that gift was given to the British colony, the United Kingdom, in 1819, uh, by the Egyptians uh, because of a uh, war that Lord Nelson conducted and, and won called the Battle of the Nile. Uh, and so the British took hold, received it as a gift. And then in, in 1887, on the 12th of September, they brought it to London and put it on the banks of the Thames. Now, why would I be sharing with you about this particular thing? Well, there's a reason. It's 180 tons of red granite. So it's pretty heavy. Um, it's about 21 metres high, but entombed underneath this, this thing called Cleopatra's Needle is a um, time capsule. Do you know what a time capsule is? It's those things that they'll put, they'll put certain articles in a time capsule and open it up in a hundred years' time, and everybody will be in wonder of what was the, you know, the, the, the fad or the culture of that day as we look in the time capsule. And if you were to look into the time, you know, a hundred years' time, they go and open this time capsule under this particular monument. This is the things uh, that they will find. They'll find a set of coins from the day. They'll find children's toys, a city directory. I'm sure London has changed because this was placed, this time capsule was placed there a couple decades ago. So a couple of decades has already transpired. Uh, photographs of the 12 most beautiful women of the day. Um, I, it's interesting, isn't it? A razor. Um, and then in 215 languages, 
215 languages, a verse from the Bible. Uh, John 3.16. So that's interesting why they would put that verse, but it's so renowned. I suppose people uh, know it. They thought, well, you know, um, it's a great verse to have, and so they put it in the time capsule. Um, The interesting thing is about this verse um, the reason that they would put it there is, I believe, uh, for several reasons, it's, it's, it's a timeless verse uh, for many reasons. It's not a verse that you could just kind of pick out and say, well, it's um, it, not that we can, but you know, just imagine in a hundred years' time when they open the time capsule and get the verse out and read it and someone reads it. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know, maybe there'll be the um, tendency to just, uh, I don't know, cast it off as just a fad or, or as just a thought that really, um, you know, is it very significant. But you know, there's one word in John 3.16 that makes the whole passage and the whole verse incredibly significant and you can't just pass it off. Because, and that word is the word whosoever. So we'll just go back to things, EJ, John, that passage before. The word whosoever. Because the word whosoever opens the, um, unrolls the welcome mat to all humanity. Would you agree? It includes everybody. It just, it, it's not a certain race or a certain um, tongue or a certain tribe. It, 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 it's everybody. It encompasses everybody. The whosoever. Uh, it's, a, it's a word that, um, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look at in the sense of race or color or creed. It encompasses, and that's the, that is the, is the single most incredible message that even uh, what we've been sharing tonight, from the very start of creation, God had in mind, as, we, as Scott shared before, the realities of what he wanted to do with humanity. He always had the whosoever. Just imagine God, uh, when he created humanity, he knew that you and I would sit here on a Sunday night on the 18th of uh, June in 2017, and there would be a simple little message, and this verse would be proclaimed. That's how much God cares and understands about us. He knows that we included in the whosoever. And this word pulls down uh, racial fences, destroys social classes. I mean, it, it gets rid of all of that stuff. And uh, I've come to that understanding that I think a majority of Australians want to be included in the whosoever thought, especially when things aren't going so bad, aren't going so good, I should say. Um, I, I was called up to the Mater Hospital here in Gladstone some time ago, and um, I went and spoke to a, a young man. He was about 30 years of age. Um, he was sitting uh, in one of the, the hospital rooms there with his mother. Unfortunately, his mother had deceased. She'd passed away, so she was lying on the bed deceased, and he was sitting there. I sat beside him, and his whole question for me, I didn't know him before this moment, His whole question to me was this. My mother, tell me my mother's in heaven. That's what he was pressing. That's why he wanted me there. He just wanted a minister of some type. He didn't care who. But he wanted wanted the confirmation that his mother is in heaven. So I spoke to him for a while and I said, well, what was your mother about? And, you know, he said, well, she's a good lady. And he went to that that familiar line. She's, She's never done anything bad. And, you know, as I spoke with him and as I talked to him, I... Uh, I, I said, you know what? Uh, I'd be lying if I promised you that your mother's in heaven. He wasn't too excited about my answer. <laughs> but I had to be real with him. He says, I, I said, I don't know. I don't know what her dying breath was, what, what she encompassed in that last moments of her life. I, I can't tell you for sure. And so he, he wasn't a happy chappy, but he, he, he didn't particularly get too upset with me. But he, 
I tried to help him. I tried to comfort him. I tried to encourage him. But I could not give him the answers he wanted. And it just reminded me the reality that he really wanted to be included in the whosoever. And I think we live in a society that when the chips are down, people want to know that there's a whosoever available and they can be included in that. What do you think? I think so. I think people want to know that there, there is a, a God that cares for them. And I, and I see people get very nervous when what they believe in starts to falter in society. And the people that we mix with, there will be, please see them and continue to connect with people because there come a day when their world starts to crumble and they want to be included in the whosoever of that verse. And they'll come to you and say, have you got any hope for me? Have you got any answers? And that's when you can say, you know what, I have because there's a plan for your life. You know, when the stock exchange, you know, um, falls and the mighty dollar it doesn't give the returns that it used to or whatever may happen their world crumbles maybe health goes downhill or something falters that they were so dependent on a relation breaks up I don't or, or something you know this doesn't go right they lose their job there's many people who want to those times are looking for answers and looking for the truth and especially in this nation it seems to be we're in a blessed nation a lucky nation so to speak but the reality is that sometimes uh, you know the luck I don't believe in luck really but it seems to run out for some people and that's the opportunity that we have and God says you know what I've got a verse for them that whosoever believes they can be included in that you know because we've all got to believe in something and everybody believes in something um, and I think for many Australians when their world starts to crumble they start to think is there a God is he available to me? Is he accessible? So I wanted to share with three reasons you should believe in God tonight. Now, I know that majority of us here, all of us probably believe in God here tonight. Don't worry about the screen. Um, through this, but all of us. But can I just give you some things? If, if nothing else tonight, may you take this and use it even to share with others in our community the reality of God's incredible plan and purpose for us. So just three things tonight, three reasons that we should believe in, three reasons your unsaved relative and parents or children or whoever they may be could believe in God. And may you take this and have the opportunity then to share with them the reality of why and what God's about and what he's, what he's, what he's incredibly wants to embrace them as well. Because I, I have people in my family I want to see, passionately I, have, I want to see come to know this Jesus Christ that I know. What about you? Do you get, do you get passionate about those who, who don't know Jesus yet? I pray that you will and that we won't become so satisfied, so, it's just so, ah, oh, well, everything's going okay. And you know, uh, that we will be stirred, that we'll be uncomfortable uh, until we see those we love. Because, you know, the reality is we don't want to see them get to the end of their life and, and, and hell be their destination. Is that right? I want to see them enjoy life now and also enjoy heaven. So it's an important thing. So here's the three things. You know that, that this word, who, um, whoever, in God's plan and purpose becomes however. Just help me. To, let me um, tell you something. It becomes however. As Christians, we need to know this. Life can take some downturns, and we can wonder if God still cares for us, does he still respect us, is he still there for us? And, you know, and, and sometimes we just want to know the reality um, of 
However, God, will you be there even in, for every person? Because there's a story in the Bible in Luke chapter 16. It goes like this. It was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and, and he, he lived in a sumptuous everyday in life. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who lay at the gate of this rich man's home, desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And moreover, the dogs come and licked his sores. I don't know if you've read that story, but here we have two men, a very rich man, He's the equivalent of a 2017 millionaire in, in the days of, of Israel. And then we have a beggar who's actually um, just, just the crumbs from the table of the millionaire would be enough. He, he, he sits at the, and begs at the gate of this millionaire's um, um, mansion. And the millionaire lives in luxury. He eats exotic foods, a spacious house. Lazarus is a homeless person. Uh, has no family, no possessions, infected, rejected, everything's happening bad for him. And the question I ask is, this Lazarus, as they call him, is he an exception to God's uh, whoever thought? No, he's not an exception. Because God says, however you are, come to me. That's the truth of the matter. The story goes on in Luke chapter 16. Both of the men die. And then the beggar died and was carried by the angels, it says, to Abraham's bosom, which represents, in this case, heaven. The rich man died and was buried. And the rich man, being in torment in hell, lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus there with Abraham. And so the story unfolds. So now the tables are turned, so to speak. Lazarus needs nothing. He's in the lap of luxury in heaven. And the rich man needs everything. And we have Lazarus in our societies today. People out there who maybe the truth is they're not begging for bread, but they're struggling sometimes just to buy the meals from month to month. Maybe not sleeping on streets, but perhaps living in not the best situations. And the message that God conveys in John 3.16 is that God says, I'll take you however I find you. Isn't that a wonderful message? Because there's a lot of religions and belief systems in the world that says, no, you've got to reach a certain standard before you can enter into our belief system. But God says, however you are, however you are, I'll take you. I love that. So thinking about that, how do we treat other people who are different? Do we see that God loves them as great, however they are, whatever situation they're in? I love it with God. We've got no need to climb up a ladder of statue, a status ladder, or reach some, attain some ability in life. God takes us however we are. The whosoever um, thought of God is however we are. Um, so whoever turns into the however, because however you come to God, rich or poor, strong or weak, whether you're like Lazarus, the beggar, or the rich man, he, uh, he accepts you. And he, and he says, come on. Uh, don't let how, whatever situation stop you from coming to me. And uh, I think that's an incredible message of that John 3.16, however you are. Think about how we come to God brought us, however. He didn't ask us to reach some level of intellect or some level of knowledge or some ability or get our act together. I mean, if, God had, if we had to get our act together before God accepted us, we'd be possibly not here tonight. Is that true? So here's the second thing. I find with this incredible uh, verse of John 3.16, whoever becomes whenever, whenever, um, it has a whenever clause within it as well, whenever. I, uh, I was given a, a gift voucher to a restaurant in Gladstone some time ago, it was $50, and in 
all the mail that I dumped in this spot, for somehow that gift voucher just disappeared. Have you ever had something disappear in your home and you think someone's, someone's borrowed it or someone's taken it, I just can't find it. And for months and months, it was someone had given me this gift voucher, so I felt bad enough and I didn't want to tell the person who had given it to me. I thought, oh, you know, that one day at church they're going to come up and say, oh, did you use that gift voucher? I say, oh, well, no, not yet. I've lost it. I didn't want to have to have that situation. And so I was feeling pretty bad about it. And, and uh, wouldn't you believe it, months and months down the track, I found it. It had slipped out behind something and I found this gift voucher. And I was overjoyed. I was excited. And then I read the gift voucher and it expired by a week. And I, so I went from the feeling yuck about losing it to excitement about finding it to yuck about thinking I can't use it. What am I going to tell this person when they say, have you used my gift voucher yet? You know? So you know, I, I, I kind of sat on it for another week and thought, what can I do? You know, and this thought came, why don't you ring the owner of the restaurant and see if they still honor the voucher? Oh, they probably won't. Negative. <laughs> so I rang the, the owner of the, of the restaurant. I said, um, and I explained the story. And he says, not a problem. Come within the next couple of months, you can still use the voucher. I said, brilliant. And I did. And it all was good. I was excited. And thankfully, the person never asked me. So I didn't have to tell them about I, what had happened, but I did use the voucher. And I was very pleased about it. But it's interesting, you know, it's like an 11th hour grace, isn't it? This restaurant owner said, it's fine, it's fine, it's okay. As long as within the next couple of months you use it, come and use it and it'll be fine. It's like that 11th hour grace that we talk about um, and how God gives us uh, you know, this, this opportunity. Even if it seems like everything's been lost, it's like all life is finished and yet there's always another chance in God's plan and purpose for us. And I love, I love the reality, whenever, even at the 11th hour, Whenever. Whoever uh, encompasses the whenever. There's a story in the Bible in Matthew 20, and it goes like this. There was a man who owned a vineyard, and he needed people to come and work in the vineyard. So he went out early in the morning of that particular day, and he, he, he found a man and said, Will you come and work in my vineyard for the whole day? And the man said, Not a problem. He says, I'll pay you a denarii for you know, a full day's wage. He says, Great, I'll come and work. And he went out and worked in the vineyard. The same owner of the vineyard went out at three hours later and found another man and said, come and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you what I think I'll pay you. And the man did. He went out at midday and got another guy and paid him and said, come and work in my vineyard. He went at three o'clock in the afternoon and got another man and said, come and work in my vineyard. He got a man one hour before the close of the working day and said, come and work in my vineyard. And then at the end of the day, they all lined up for their pay and he started with the man who only... At the, the last hour, only worked for one hour of the day, they started paying him first. And wouldn't you know, they paid him a full day's wage for one hour work. And you know what's happened now is the guy who's worked a full day and said he would get a denarii, thinking, man, I'm gonna, if he gets a denarii for one hour, what am I going to get for a full day? He was excited. It got to him, and you know the story possibly, he was only paid the denarii that was promised to him. He got upset. He said, just what a second, the guy who worked an hour gets a denarii, and I worked the full day. And then the owner and the master of the vineyard said, just wait a moment, we made a deal, didn't we, at the start of the day, that if you worked for the full day, I'd give you a denarii. And you were very happy about that. What's changed? Or were you upset because I, what, you know, I can do what I want with my money? Interesting story, isn't it? So, you know, union, unions wouldn't allow that today in our society. Um, but so while we... 
So while we don't see the type of 11th hour invitation in today's society, maybe, Jesus says, I always have that invitation available. Always have that invitation. Whether you work for the full day, whether you live for Christ all your life, and if you happen to die at a certain time at a certain place, do you know an hour before, maybe there's a person who's just committed their life to Christ, and if they die on the same day, God accepts them all the same, you and me. Long, lifetime converts to Christ, and 11th hour converts, he accepts the same. Isn't that an incredible thing about our Heavenly Father? And you know, we can't get upset about it. Because we can't say to him, well, God, what? I should get more than him because he's only had an hour of living for Christ and I've lived all my life for you. I don't I deserve more. Well, no, heaven is both our destination. Isn't that amazing? Now, there's some thoughts that, you know, when you get to heaven, maybe your mansion will be a bit bigger. Uh, but we won't go there at the moment. So the whosoever is um, whenever. Whenever we come to Christ. Now, can I just encourage you, if your plan is I'll live like the devil all my life and then when I, hour before I die, I'll, I'll convert to Jesus. Don't do that because you know what happens? A truck hits you and you weren't planning for that. So, but we can struggle with the thought sometimes. The last minute confessor receives the same grace as a lifetime servant. It doesn't seem fair. But you know what? God's not into that issue. He embraces us. He embraces it. He says, whenever, whenever. Um, he's the restaurant owner who says, no, it hasn't expired. And maybe some of us here sometimes feel like um, our life, is, our chances and our circumstance have expired. And God just wants you to know tonight that it's never expired until your last dying breath. His purpose, his plan for you is still alive and active and he has it in mind. Amen. Here's the third thing and we'll finish with this. Um, whoever becomes wherever. I love this thought. The last definition of whoever is wherever. Um, you're never too far. Never too far. Your relatives, your friends, those you love, those you care for, are never too far away to come to Jesus Christ and receive him as their Lord and Savior. You might say, oh, you don't know my relatives, or you don't know my life. I've, I'm so far away. I've, I've done this and I've done that. No, God says too far is never too far. If I was to think of a story, Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son, is a brilliant story about that. And, uh, of course, what happens is he takes his father's inheritance. He, it, it says in Luke chapter 15 that he wastes it. He squanders his father, his inheritance. He wastes it. And the word waste is translated to the same Greek verb used as an action of a seed-sowing um, farmer. It says uh, it's the same Greek verb. You know, like a farmer just throws out his seed um, you know, to bring on a crop, it's like the prodigal just threw out his money to the greedy people and to the people who abused him and used him. And he just like wasted his money. And, and we know that uh, there came a downturn in the economy and the dollar, he had no more money left. And, and he finds himself, of course, this young man working in a piggery, wanting to eat what the pigs were eating. And, and, uh, and uh, so he wasn't in a good state. But instead of swallowing the pig food, he swallowed his pride. Amen? He swallowed his pride. And he started to go back to his father. And every step he rehearses his repentance speech back to his dad. And he's saying, this is what I'll say. And his father meets him before he gets to the house, has great compassion on him. And the father was saving the son's place all along. And the son didn't think he was. And I want to tell you, he saves your place as well. Because the reality is, is that whosoever becomes wherever, wherever uh, you've come from, he is there. 
wherever. He's saving our places and he's saving places for every person that we know that we have a compassion for and a love for to see come to Christ. He's saving their place. We, we, um, you know, sometimes we lose in life. We can lose jobs. We can lose uh, chances. We lose vigor. We lose fitness. We sometimes lose some of our dreams, but God will never take away our place. We will never lose our place that God has for us in his kingdom. I love that. What a great God. Um, never lose our place. Um, can I just have the museums come back? That'd be great. Whoever is God's wonderful word of welcome. God's wonderful word of welcome. And, uh, you know, I, uh, now and then Michelle will make a lovely cake. And when she makes a carrot cake, I particularly... Uh, my um, saliva glands work over time and uh, if she's in the kitchen I'm in another room I'll come out when that cake's finished and, um, and I'll say honey I'd love some of that cake and you know some of the saddest words I've ever heard is she says it's not for you it's for someone else and, and so I stand there and I think Lord uh, that would have been so good but she's made it for someone else and uh, I have to live with that but you know, some of the happiest moments in my life have been when I've come out and there's that, that carrot cake all iced and beautiful. And she says, and I said, who's this for? And she says, whoever, whosoever. And I think this is my time to dive in. <laughs> it includes me. And I just want to encourage you this, uh, this evening that, uh, that God is that ultimate, he, he bakes the most incredible cake. And he doesn't save it for just one person here. He just doesn't save it for one race or one nationality or one group of people. Or he just doesn't save it for the rich or just for the poor. He just doesn't save it for, uh, for you know, the person who's been exceptionally good in their life. He just doesn't save it for the person who, who, who you know, um, it, it maybe has been incredible and just lived so well. He saves it for every person, the whosoever. It includes everybody, doesn't it? It encompasses everybody. And, and you know, it's a challenge to me. If God loves everybody and there's an incredible opportunity for the whosoever, um, why don't we take the opportunity to see everybody in the, the same light that I've just described to you tonight? They're the whosoever's that we need to, to continue to love and reach out to. Um, because I believe there's people out there who need to know that whoever, whosoever means however. No status too high, no status too low. The whosoever means whenever, no hour too late, you can come to Christ. Even the, de the thief on the cross found that out, didn't he? In the last hours of his breathing of his life, he discovered that he was going to be in paradise because he accepted Christ in those last moments. That's amazing. The, the whoever means where, uh, wherever, no place too far away for Christ not to reach in and, and bring them out of. And uh, I want to encourage us tonight that whosoever of John 3, 16 is the reason we exist as a church. Did you know that? We're not a pleasure ship, a pleasure cruiser, folks. We're a, we're a hospital ship. And, you know, I want us to continue to see the reality of people who are lost and that they need what you've got. I've seen some people that I thought, gee, I need, to just, I need to just share with them. I just need to embrace them. I just need to love them. And it's so easy just to sit in my comfortable house and, and, and sit with my comfortable table full of food and, and just enjoy life and exclude people. It's so easy sometimes. And I can make my excuses and say, oh, well, I'm just tired. I'm busy. But, you know, I, I, I'm glad God didn't do that for me. 
but someone reached out and showed me the, the love of Christ. And I responded, I'm so glad. And so I want to encourage us tonight. Um, the reality is, is the devil's number one aim is to stop us from continuing God's work on this earth. And his command was his last commandment, but it's our first commandment, really. It was to go into all the world and preach the gospel and love people. But it becomes our first, our first, not our last thing to do. So can we just stand tonight? Do you know, there's three reasons why we need Christ. Three reasons that you need Jesus Christ, because Jesus loves you incredibly. And just in a nutshell, first, it's because you have a past. You have a past. And you can't go back there, but he can. And the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, you know, the truth is he can walk into those places of sin and failure, and he can wipe the slate clean and give you a new beginning. Isn't that wonderful? We all have a past, and he can, he can wipe it clean. The second reason is because you need someone you can trust. Jesus knows the worst about you, yet he believes the best about you. And you know why he does that? It's because he sees you not as you are now, but as you will be in the future. And he always believes the best about us. I love that about Jesus. So what a friend he can be and how we need to trust him. The thirdly, because he, he holds our future. Who else are you going to trust with your future? Um, he's, you know, in his hands, you're safe and secure. And he says, you know, I know the plans I have for you in Jeremiah. He says, plans to bless you and to look after you and not to curse you. He says, I have an incredible plan for your life. I think that's a good God. So we, we need to know that Jesus, first, you have a past and he can deal with it. Secondly, because you need someone you can trust and you can trust him. And thirdly, because he holds the future and uh, he wants you to walk into the future that he holds for you. So tonight, could we just close our eyes? Maybe tonight, the Bible just clearly says that if we confess Jesus before others, he'll confess us before our Father in heaven. And I wonder if you're here tonight and you've never responded to Jesus. You've maybe responded, but you just know that you want to make it solid by making it public. And if, and if you're here tonight and say, say, yep, I need to do that. I need to show my colors who I really am. I don't need to be a secret disciple I just want to invite you tonight just to lift your hand and I'd love to just pray with you. I will invite you to come and I want to pray with you at the front, but is there anybody here tonight who just wants to say yes to Jesus and say, yep, include me in. Include me in. Everybody's good? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. One person, is anybody else? Is anybody else tonight just wants to say yes to Jesus? You can put your hand down, thank you, and we'll, we're going to pray to anybody. No one else? That's okay? Okay. What I want to do just for a moment before we close tonight, I'm just going to invite um, tonight, not only the person who's just responded, but also if tonight there's just some particular people that you just know, that you just want to see come to God's kingdom. I know it's last weekend, Pastor Ben Toko got us to stand and believe for people and our family, but I, I, I think we need to do it again. And if there's some people that you just want to um, say, um, you know, you really just have been praying for, could you just come and stand 
in the front of this tonight and just say, God, I'm just really believing and I'm just trusting. I'm really, and maybe we all have, but if there's something particular in your heart that just come to your mind right now and you're just going to stand and say, Father, I'm going to stand in the gap till these people come to Christ. You're welcome tonight just to come forward and make it a declaration. That'd be great. But I'd love to just, um, I love us first. If he's, could he's, Dexter, could you come and I just want to pray? Is that okay, mate? That'd be brilliant, buddy. I'd love to just, that's a great decision tonight. Just give the Lord a hand tonight as he just comes. Come and just stand here. Good on you, mate. Well done. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're just going to pray a prayer. and It's just a prayer from a heart. And I just want to pray this prayer, but I wanted you just to repeat it and make it your own prayer. It makes it really easy. And all of us together, can we do that? That'd be great. You know, God rejoices just in one life, doesn't he? And we should rejoice. So you just make it your prayer and repeat it after me. And let's do it together to support each other. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come to you as I am. I thank you that you love me, that you always have. I thank you for Jesus Christ and what he did for me in dying on the cross and taking my sin. I believe in my heart that you, God, have a plan for my life. And as I accept you, you've always accepted me. Help me to live for you and to walk out of here knowing that I'm your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I just thank you for Dexter tonight. And I just pray for this young man. I pray your hand a blessing upon him, that God, that he'll know, that he'll know, that he'll know your incredible love for him and that he'll walk strong and walk um, tall in you and he'll be your witness. And Father, I commit him to you. I thank you for the wonderful qualities of this young man already that he has in his life and just take him from strength to strength and the purposes would be fulfilled in his life that you have for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good on you, buddy. It's good. <laughs> How about if you're standing here for someone tonight, come on, let's just believe for people tonight. If you're, and, and just because you're back there doesn't mean you haven't got anybody, but there's some specific people who are thinking about particular people. Come on, let's just get a picture of them in our mind right now. And what I want you to do, it says, um, see those things though they aren't as if they were. There's a scripture. So right now, I want you to see those things, those people, though they're not where they should be, as if they were. I always used to imagine my dad at the front of a church worshiping God. And then finally, before he died, I was able to pray with him. And he didn't get to the front of a church, but he did get, I did get to the hospital bed. And, and, uh, he res and, and somehow in his heart, he responded to the things of God. So tonight, let's just see those people though they aren't as if they were tonight. And you know what? I want you to start to speak to those people as if they were. I'm not, not religious jargon or Christian, Christianese, but just speak life to them and speak hope to them when you see them. And you know what? As you speak to them, there can be just things that they'll be taking, uh, touching their lives. So Father, tonight, uh, as we stand before you, we're thinking of people that we want to see come to know Jesus. 
Maybe it's a son or a daughter or a parent or a cousin or a relative or a husband or a wife or a friend tonight. But right now in the name of Jesus, we claim their lives for you, Father God. We stand upon this ground tonight and we speak life. And Father, we see them though they aren't as if they were uh, in your kingdom. And Father, we commit them to you. Father, help us to be um, um, to, at those crucial times to be there for them. Father, that means that we may be going out of our way, uh, going out of our comfort zones to do something would just love them and, and touch their lives. But Father, help us to do that. Father, and we pray tonight, have your way in their lives in Jesus' name. And we thank you for them. And we bless them, God, and we believe for them before they breathe their last that they'll come to know Jesus. And Father, I thank you that it's not a maybe, it's a, it's a, it is already done because we ask of you for a good thing and you don't hold back any good things from us. So Father, in Jesus' name, Father, no matter how far it seems impossible, I thank you. As we do the possible, you do the impossible. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said... Amen. Come on. That's great. Let's just uh, sing this song, hey, and uh, we'll finish up. That'll be great. God's good. Deliver us from my enemy.